Glad you're with us this morning uh, to celebrate the beginning of this season of Advent and a few things to share with you as, as we get started today. So um, you have that piece of paper sitting on your uh, seat today. I want to have that, have that in your hand, uh, ready to go in just a moment. Brian, you've got some student stuff, which means Arctic Blast is back. So if you're the parent of a junior hire, later on this afternoon, you'll be able to go onto our church website, southfieldchurch.com, go to the news and events, scroll down to uh, students, and sign your kid up for Arctic Blast. That's January 26th to 28th, where we take our junior hires up to Lake Geneva uh, Youth Camp and spend the weekend there worshiping God, getting to know our kids better. It's a really neat chance for us to get to know kids outside of just our building. So again, I would encourage you, if you're scrambling for a last-minute Christmas idea, you know, you, you don't want to get them another Nerf gun or We are back to normal schedule for both groups, both Sunday and Wednesday night. Wonderful. So let me give you a couple other good Christmas ideas. Uh, we played some music a couple of weeks ago, and actually it's been part of the soundtrack of our family's life over the past couple of years. Uh, my brother-in-law introduced us to this set of CDs. They're called Scripture Lullabies. Now, you know, I know all the dudes in the room are going, really, lullabies? No, you've got to understand. It's pretty cool. I, these aren't just songs for babies. They're really songs for all of us, songs that, that sing Scripture, kind of embed it deeply in our hearts. You see, what I find for a lot of people is there's a lot of head junk going on. They're listening to a lot of the wrong voices and listening to a lot of lies, and we need, we need truth poured into our hearts. We need truth to come into our minds and souls. So we actually purchased a bunch of these. Cool part about it, because of the way it worked, we're able to use some of the funds that are raised off of it for the building, and they, all, they automatically go ahead and donate a portion of the proceeds toward crisis pregnancy centers, which we support very much. So uh, that's one opportunity. A second opportunity, we're going to be talking about groups here. As the new year comes around, groups are going to get started pretty much, you know. New year starts, snow starts to fall, and we're going to get into winter groups. One of the winter groups that we're going to be offering is uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Freedom Course which uh, is a wonderful course. If you're, if you're conflicted in terms of the, the way you handle your finances, maybe it's a, a conflict literally as a couple. Maybe the conflict is uh, there, there's more need than there is uh, what's coming in the house. Great way to kind of get into my house or whatever. You got someone in that stage of life that you're thinking they could really use this help. That might actually be a great thing to give as a Christmas gift. So that opportunity will be available uh, next week. You'll hear more about that. But just something to get on your mind in terms of, hey, maybe that's something uh, that I could offer for my family. So we've been talking a lot about this. This is the third and final week of our Thanksgiving offering. So, and the Thanksgiving offering is an opportunity to give toward what's happening out here. You see that building going up. The walls are going into place. Window at the back. It's just, it's getting more and more exciting by the day. I'm ready to go grab a basketball and just throw it against the wall. I mean, it's, it's fun to be out there. And it's great to have this parking situation that we have now too, that's actually uh, space to be able to come in and park. So We've been asking you to consider the way of living beyond ourselves, and there are one of four opportunities. One is to simply uh, increase, think about what I've been doing in terms of my regular giving every week, and is there a change that could take place there? The second is the one-time Thanksgiving offering. We started giving that on the 19th, last week on the 26th, and then this week as well. And next week we'll be able to share with you the results of that, which I think you're going to find pretty exciting. 
the week, uh, the, the one after that basically says, hey, I'm not able to do this right now, but there's something coming in the winter or early spring that I know I'd be able to give toward that. And so if you're able to make that commitment to get that in before the mortgage closes in the spring, and then thinking through, what might I do over the next two years, starting in the winter of 2020, what could I give on a regular basis, just specifically designated toward the building? So um, what, what, what is important to understand about this is that this is, this is about way more than just, hey, let's get some funds in for a building. It really is a spiritual practice of asking God, am I going to trust you? Am I going to trust you with the resources that I have? Am I going to trust you in this way? And so we're encouraging quite literally everybody. You're astute. Think about what you could do. Every one of us, what could we do? You've been using this as a worksheet to think that through together. You can also place that in the offering when it's passed at the end of the service uh, in order to go ahead and, and let us know what that commitment is that you're making. But again, um, one final thing, and that is, uh, I already mentioned in light of the candle, Christmas Eve is a Sunday this year. What do you do with that when you have Christmas Eve on a Sunday? And we, you got to wrestle. You know, I, I look a year ahead, so I usually can tell when Christmas Eve is coming for about 364 days. And, uh, and I saw it was on a Sunday. I'm like, hey, how are we going to handle this? Do we do an evening service? Do we do a Saturday service? How do we handle this? And here's what we ultimately landed on. During September, all, all, all fall long, we've been talking about this idea of life's not about me. What a great theme to carry into Christmas, right? As we're handing out our wish lists. It's not about me. So life's not about me. We talked about generosity. We talked about giving away our faith. And now we've been talking about how to live in a way that we're serving others. And so here's the plan that came up, that sort of thing. Okay? We're going to just go ahead and do normal Sunday morning church as Christmas Eve services. And, you know, what I was thinking through is, but people like to come, you know, when it's dark and the snow is trinkling from the sky, all that sort of beauty. And, you know, and then, and then we realized the last few years, our highest attendance service has been 3 o'clock when it's bright just like 1030 in the morning. So we're going to just do normal service times, but Christmas Eve themed. Which means, if you're coming to this service, you'll get out at what time? Yeah, 10. Yeah, that's it. Good. Good answer. Good answer. Oh, this thing. Whoa. 10 o'clock. So you're going to get out at 10 o'clock. And then you're like, oh, good. Now I can go to bed's o'clock. Um, how about this instead? How about we think through, as a family, a possibility of a small serve? Something that we're going to go do in the afternoon. Maybe you know someone who's lost somebody this past year, and you're just going to drop off flowers at their house. Maybe you'll go to someone's house who you're thinking, okay, this person has trouble shoveling, and I promise you there won't be snow that day. But you go to their house and say, here's what our family wants to do. All of January, whenever it snows, we're going to be, we're going to be shoveling your snow. Maybe you would consider uh, heading over to a nursing home and doing some caroling. And you're like, yeah, not my spiritual gift. But it is a gift you can share with friends. And so together. So we're not going to be offering the opportunities. We want, to want them to bubble up from the sand. Want them to bubble up from you. What are the opportunities that we might undertake? Something small. This isn't, you know, church is done and we're going to do this till 8 o'clock at night. But a way of giving back a gift to Jesus to truly let it shine, to let our light shine before men and women and children so that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. 
So, for some of you, your minds are scrambling with all kinds of thoughts. For others, you're going, oh no, one more thing on the list. And no matter what it is, it's a way of God saying, I got something I want to do in you. You're realizing it's not about me. Hey, guess what? Even Christmas isn't about me. It's about a baby in a manger. So let's never forget that. Okay, so we've been in the middle of a series, cool series called Shape, uh, Made for More, Understanding How We're Wired. We've worked through the letters of this acronym, Discovering Our Spiritual Gifts, Looking at our heart, our passion and purity, our abilities. Mike Miller did a great job last week just showing us how we use our abilities for God. And today we come to one of my favorites, and that is personality. I love personality because when I finally understood some pieces of the wiring of my personality, I finally started to understand why I really enjoyed serving in certain areas in church. I understood. It finally made sense. More than anything else we talk about in this series, this was the piece for me that went, aha, I get it. Now I, now I understand. And I hope that the, that will happen the same for you. So as you're looking at personality, it's funny. I've taught this for years and for some reason, this time around, I stopped long enough to go, so what is a personality? What exactly is a personality? I'm not going to completely define it for you this morning, but I'd like to talk about some things personality is not. You know, sometimes people will equate the personality with an emotion. Oh, he has a really angry personality. No, he has an angry emotion. That's, that's not a personality. So we got to be careful. Sometimes it's an angry personality. No, it's not really personality. That's the emotion being expressed through personality. For others, they might actually see sin patterns in their life as their personality. You know, we, we use a term. It's interesting. I've been thinking about this, kind of just uh, flipping up. We use the term addictive personality. Is that really a personality? Is that something that God designed from the beginning of time? Or is that something that's been the impact of a sinful world? And so we have that peace in there. Now, I'm not saying you should never say that again. But in other words, it just got me thinking, what exactly is a personality? Traditionally, classically, there have been four categories given. I love these words. They're all kind of funny. Choleric. You can almost hear it. Choleric, you can just hear it. Driven, bulldozer, choleric, sanguine. I mean, sanguine. I imagine a person with no bones. You know, just, ah, I'm just so happy all the time. I love friends. You know, just getting along with everybody. Want to turn everything into a party. The cholerics are trying to do a work day, and the sanguines are going, no, no, no. This could be fun. No, it's not. It's a task. Let's get to work. The phlegmatics. That one always makes me think phlegm. Phlegmatic. Phlegmatics, introverted, calm, unemotional, easygoing, never getting upset, slow, uh, and kind of misdirected, just kind of an interesting sort of, they blend into everything else going on. And then there are the melancholics. Melancholic personality, uh, some people think of them as gloomy, introverted, logical, analytic, factual, or traditional categories have been given to us. I love more recently, it was Gary Smalley or John Trent, that introduced something that we use around here. We call it the animal test. We give you the chance to figure out which animal you're most like. So the lion, okay, so you hear a little choleric in there, right? The lion is the leader, strong, driven, getting things done. And then you have the otter. Hear a little sanguine in there, right? The otter is always, there's always an excuse for a party. and, And I'll tell you what, lions wander the earth looking for otters to eat. It's just the way it is. It's kind of the way it works. 
What a lion would never eat is a beaver. Beavers get the job done. They're task-driven. They just, they're there to make sure that the golden retriever. In the golden retriever, there is loyalty and commitment. And don't you dare do anything to someone I love because I will bite your leg. Kind of an interesting mix there of loyalty that's quick to go ahead and get some retribution if needed. So you have that list. More recently, I've been investigating a personality list that gives, gives nine different types. So not just four, nine. It's called an Enneagram, which is a weird word. You're like, what is that? Okay, Greek time, Ennea, nine, gram picture. Picture of nine personalities. Kind of an ancient wisdom. So they have the, the first is a perfectionist or a reformer. Second is a helper or a giver. The third is a performer or motivator. The fourth is a romantic, individualist. The fifth is observer, investigator. The challenger, the protector, the leader. And nine, peacemaker, mediator. All kinds of different ways to figure out what your personality is. And so many that I kind of go, oh, what do we do with this? I like to boil it down to two very simple questions. How are you organized? How are you energized? How are you organized? How are you energized? If you'll figure out how you're organized and how you're energized, you pretty much know what you need to know. And you, can worry, you don't have to worry about whether or not you're <coughs> phlegmatic or whatever. Organized, energized, says it all. So what's kind of fun as you look at this, organization, how am I organized? Or I am um, less structured. How do you know if you're highly organized, structured, or less structured? It's all about the way you take a vacation. So there are some of you that know where you're going next summer. You got the brochures about a month ago. You've been pouring through them. You've already started to plot out the route. You know the best hotels along the way. You know there's this great little restaurant in Des Moines. And if we leave here by about 6.15, we should make it just in time for lunch. And, I mean, you plot out every piece. Here's the other one. Because they just want to sleep in. You're like, it is 6.14. We're supposed to be in the car. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Less than structured. It's June. (laughs) Summer we should probably take a vacation. (laughs) You get online, check that Expedia thing you've heard about. Oh, $890 to go to Peoria? Huh, maybe we should make a different... I know what we'll do. Let's just get in the car and drive and see where we land. (laughs) Can you see how this might cause a little tension in the family? Just a little tension, just a little tension. Then you have this group. This is how are you organized, and how are you energized? You're either energized in the direction of people or in the direction of tasks. What do we mean by that? Well, if you are energized by being with people, the more you're with people, the more you want to be with people. I mean, you've been together all afternoon, and you're like, okay, what can we go do next? What, what can we, I love, I'm just loving this. Others of us are wired more in terms of, oh shoot, okay, so I'm supposed to go be with these people today. <sighs> It'll be three hours. I think I can make it. 
but if I can't, I've figured out nine escape plans. I have people who are going to call me, tell me that. Then there are the people who are more task-oriented. Of course, they wake up, and the to-do list was already written the night before, and they, I mean, they have glee. Why? Because nobody's coming over today. It's just me and the list, and I'm getting her done, and I'm thrilled to get her done. I can't wait to get it done. Now, the funny thing is, all these people start looking at each other. The structured people look at these people, and what do they call them? Lazy. You're lazy. Yeah, some of you have been there. There's a rather unchristian word that these people use for these people that I refuse to say in church. It involves retention. Um, These people, and these people say, you're just a flake. I mean, come on. You, you're always getting out of work by saying, we got to go be with people. And so what have we said all along? All these things are necessary for the body of Christ to function with beauty. If everyone was structured, we'd need to die. You know? If everybody was unstructured, we wouldn't know when to meet. If everybody only did people, there would be no food. And if anybody, everybody only did tasks, nobody would be invited to the meal. So we need all of them. We need all of them. And we need to appreciate all of them and love all of them and respect the beauty of the way God has wired every person. So it's kind of fun then. You take these quadrants. There are certain ministries that are going to be really good for me over here. For example, I'll be really good at meeting with somebody and doing discipleship weekly at 7 a.m. Boom, 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 boom. It'll happen like clockwork. I will never miss. I will always be there. I'm highly structured. My lesson will be done. I'll be ready to go, right? If you're people unstructured, you hate weekly meetings. Your favorite is, you know, we'll, we'll figure out a time. Let's not set anything permanent, okay? And it's good for you to not set anything permanent because you will. This, this, I think this person's beautiful because they're, they're able to just enter into the moment when the moment is needed. This person's going, oh no, somebody just died. I should be ready to go. I'd be glad to come help. Do you see how God wires us differently on purpose? And it's beautiful. Task structured. Hmm. Let me draw a picture of my wife. <laughs> Okay, there's Kim. How you doing over there? Yeah, task structured. Um, she got the list. We're going to get through it systematically. Achtung. Yes. It's going to get done. Going to get done. We need these people to make sure that the world keeps running, right? And then task unstructured. Let me draw a picture of Dennis. He's smiling at you, but he's with people, so he's tent. The all four areas offer different ministry opportunities, and they're really beautiful, and we need all in order to get everything done in the body of Christ. Let me suggest one thing, that sometimes for the sake of growth or a stretch, it's a good idea for this person to do this, and it's a good idea for this person to do this. What, 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 yeah, sorry, Kim. <laughs> ah, 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 Lucy 
juicy people time. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, it's good for you to do it in order to grow. You see, the, the reason for doing this isn't so much to say, I will always only ever do ministry within my quadrant. It's to say, now I get why I'm a little tense when I move over into this box. And so there might be need to be some preparation that I do to get myself ready for what I'm going to do. That would be different than, than uh, if I were wired that way. So looking at these people biblically, I love this, okay? Task structured. Think of Daniel in the Bible. Daniel's a task structured. How many people would suggest a diet of vegetables? I mean, you know, really? How many people would suggest... That doesn't honor God. Here's what honor God. We're going vegetarian. Done. Over. Let's do this for 10 days and see how it works out. Why does he end up in the lion's den? Because every day, morning, noon, and night, he goes, he gets in the window, he basically, systematically, never miss. I, I, I always hear that and I think, wow, would I actually be condemned to death? For the way I practice my faith, would anybody even notice? They knew he was going to be in that window. He's a structured guy, and he's very, very systematic. I look at um, task less structured, and um, my mind, my mind there went towards Samson. Samson is just this is a dude who's just he's got things to do, but he's driven by his mood. Just and and that's the difference I think between these two people. My wife never determines what she's going to do based on her mood. It needs to be done. I determine everything based on my mood. <laughs> where she's like, well, tonight's chicken piccata. What do you mean? That's, that's what we eat on Tuesday, chicken piccata night. So, um, yeah, the, the, this person, Samson, he got things done, no doubt, but very often it was driven by, am I in the mood to do it or not in the mood to do it? And that tends to drive a little bit of that lack of, of structure. Um, people, people structured. I think, I think in this one, I just kind of go toward the whole Mary Martha image. You know, here's Mary wanting to just be in the presence of Jesus. Here's Martha knowing the meal needs to get fi fixed. And, and the problem with the Mary Martha image, of course, is that Jesus says what? Martha, you could be a little bit more like Mary, you know? But, um, and then I think of Paul and Barnabas in terms of task versus, task versus people. Um, Paul and Barnabas in, in Acts chapter 15 are deciding whether or not they're going to take uh, John Mark along on another missions trip, and he already blew it on one. And Barnabas, whose name is literally son of encouragement, says, of course we're going to take him again. He needs to grow. And Paul says, we have work to get done. And I'm not taking some mamby-pamby schmucks along with me. He's good at it. What I love about this, Paul and Barnabas part. Not because of sin, but because of personality. They couldn't get both part because of their personality. So I, I just, I love this, whether it's a list of nine personalities, whether it's four classic words or animals or whatever, it's always kind of hard to determine our personality and what, what exactly it is. I like thinking in terms of how are you energized, how are you organized, 
And what do those look like? So now some of you are going to find yourself saying, I think I'm kind of right here. You know, I like people. And this, again, isn't I like people, okay? Are you energized by being with people? Or I like tasks. It's not that. Are you energized by doing tasks, all right? Uh, But some of you are going to kind of find yourself sitting here and going, I don't know which way to to push myself, so to speak, which is why we're going to... You might have thought I was going to do John for personality. But we'd have to kill the otter. So... uh, So instead, I think we're, we're bringing, you're going to need to do that one. They, they switched us on mic. So our servers are coming and uh, receiving the offering while we get started here. And um, one way you know a person's task unstructured, by the way, is the way services look around here. They're always a little different because task unstructured gets bored and likes variety, likes to change it up. How are you? I'm doing okay. Good, good, good. I love when people sit in this chair because uh, they get really nervous. And so Susan, Susan has been involved in, oh my word, so, so many things since the turn of the century around here. And um, yourself to be organized, how do you view yourself to be energized? All right. Well, I think everyone that knows me, especially my kids, will know I, I'm definitely uh, organized by structure. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, it turns out, um, yeah, if there's chaos involved, I start unraveling. Okay. For sure. So you like the structure. How, Sorry, do, kids. Does everybody else like the structure? Does everyone else in my family? Yeah. Uh, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. All right. No. Uh, All right. John, no. Okay. How are you energized? How am I energized? That one's a little bit more difficult for me because um, I look at the task, I look at the people. There's times that I'm energized by people, um, but I would definitely say I'm more task-oriented than people, um, for sure. Okay, yeah. okay. So I would say, um, you know, I'm definitely energized by unplugging from both. Unplugging. Yeah. Which do you need to unplug sure. from more, people or tasks? Probably people. I my my mind starts spinning, especially larger groups. When I'm with large groups, then yeah, I come home, I'm just uh, all over the map. I won't so, be able to sleep, I won't be able to, I'll, I'll be... not on the list, okay? Yeah. What does the Mary Martha passage do to you? Does that make you feel guilty? <sighs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You wish, you wish Jesus would have said, thank you, Martha, I, for making the meal, Mary getting the kitchen. I want to be Mary. Yeah. I want to, but yeah. then I got to tell you, um, I go... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a funny thing because I think that almost everyone, wherever we land ourselves, there's probably a piece of it that we're not happy about. If you're tasked, you're wishing you wanted to be with. We're energized by people, and if you're if you're people, you're like it would be nice to get something done, and you know all the way around. We we tend to see what's in the other person and say, I'd love to have that. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be that. I'd love to have that happen. Um, there, you, you've been involved in, I, I put down a list of some of the ministries. I mean, you've been involved in leading junior high and high school. Uh, when we used to have something called Adventureland, you were a small group leader in that. You were a volunteer coordinator. You were a small group leader at day camp as well as a volunteer coordinator for that. You were a church treasurer for a long time. You're the first impressions that, that I don't have on the list. Um, I'm curious to know, given given 
your personality wiring? Um, is your preference toward leading us? Do you find more, more um, are you more comfortable? Do you find your wiring fitting better with leading a small group or leading leaders of small groups? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would probably say um, I'm more comfortable with leading uh, uh, leaders of small groups. Um, I think um, in terms of the small group lead, I love small group leading, but I do tend to see it wears me down more. Mm-hmm. It just, um, my natural bent is is I get riled up and, and it's hard for, it does not energize me. And pe- At the moment, but then afterwards I'm exhausted. A piece of that is small group leading is is a less structured event. I mean, yes, you can have very sure. structured, number right. one, God so loved the world he gave his only blank, you know, that sort of thing. But if it's going to be a really good small group, it's going to be fluid. It's, you don't always know what's coming. Sure. When you're leading leaders, there's an agenda. We're working through the agenda. There's, a, there's something you're working with with this person. So you can see how that task piece actually, mm-hmm. actually plays, well, plays well to that role. Right. When I'm, when I'm working <clears throat> with people like small group leaders, there's a lot of tasks involved with that, but then there's also the people side. Um, I, I, I found that in my serves, I do better. It, it's just a better fit for me. It'd be slightly more toward task, but I need that people side. Uh, how about the, it seems to me, with your wiring, church treasure was perfect for you. No. Okay. <laughs> Talk about that. Yeah, um, well, it's interesting because I would have thought the same because I, I did, I loved the challenge of it. I loved getting involved, and I, I knew it was a need for the time. Um, I loved learning about it. It was, it was totally nothing I had done before. Didn't know anything about the area. So, um, so that was exciting. That was interesting to me. Um, but what I found over time, because I did it for quite a while, um, a number of years, and uh, but what I found was it was very isolating. Mm-hmm. It was a, a lot of computer for the most part, mm-hmm. and um, and not to mention I'm on the computer a lot in my job. So, um, but no, I and and because it was pretty time consuming, um, it, it didn't lend itself for me to get get together with people outside of that too, because just my my life was pretty busy at that time. I think that I think this role gives a good example that you're you're not you're not extreme people nor extreme tasks. Mm-hmm. You you are more toward the middle, probably probably somewhere in here. You know, right. a, a true a true task person would find that that would be their favorite job on earth. Mm-hmm. They have an excuse to not be with people. Mm-hmm. I have to go be with them. But you found that little bit of longing in you saying yeah, this feels sure. isolated. And so, do you see how just the job, the job helped reveal something? She probably would have, I think Susan probably would have said of herself years ago, I'm tasked. Mm-hmm. And you are actually seeing more of the people side in you. We, we don't have a lot of time, and so I, I just have to ask this. Um, how does your personality work with John? <laughs> yeah, a lot of times we'll, people will see John and I, and they're like, how are you guys married? I mean, Actually, you know, I think... if we had an otter poster, there's John, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah. that's a whole yeah. other um, yeah, debate. But anyway, <laughs> no, he, uh, 
it's really interesting. I think John and I, in our personalities, and, and it, you said some things here that I got to think about in terms of what's personality and what's not personality. We, in, in many ways, we are alike. It's crazy. We do think very similarly. Our views are very similar. So it's very easy to communicate between us because because our thinking is a lot alike, because our views are a lot alike. So I don't have to use a whole lot of words with John, which I love. Mm-hmm. But but he just gets it, so that's that's very cool. But I mean, even in ministry, because in the past we've 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 worked a lot together, and I think we work very well. We kind of complete each other because uh, he's not very detailed. I am more in the details, but um, I, I like to look at the vision where things need to be, and and I can I I don't know exactly how it needs to be communicated or how it needs to be presented or taught or whatever. Free flow of a group. Oh, yeah. Somebody starts talking about something, we're going to go there. He's right. not looking saying, wait a second, I've got seven questions. We're only on number two and we've got three minutes left. Right. He's, he's, he's saying, no, we're going to go. Whoa, let's, let's ride that yeah. and see where that goes, which is a great compliment to you. Now, small group leading, I think, is one of the areas that, that your personality differences kind of expose themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, people come to your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what would be the difference between the way John would operate in this and the way you would operate in a small group with people? Well, John gets energized by people. Most people know that. Um, and I do not. At least I, I do for a time, but after a little bit, I, I, I need some downtime. There's enough. And switch. so, but yeah. And so he's ready to go out and have pizza and after small group and, and have a good old time. And I'm ready to shut. Um, I need to be energized. I, I'm kind of running on low at that point mm-hmm. and he's ready to go go on so i think he's learned a lot of me um over the time i think i think um we've kind of worked on okay what's a good um, amount of task and what's a good amount of of uh people um because it, i need to almost plan that downtime in yeah. i i need i need to to know that about myself and work with my personality type because it is very important to me to be um, uh, to be filled for for God and whatever He wants me to yeah. be doing. Um, so I think, I think when in I'm this, wearing though, down, you, I need you both have given a good example of personality is part of I think the big conflict, especially when we're married, and we tend to view one person. And so um, when we look at the way you've done a group, mm-hmm. it was not that in an extreme task way you didn't say we will never do a group at our house, and John didn't say we will allow them to take up residence at our house. You came up with a good way of saying, this is the night that works in terms of my energy flow. This is the amount of time we'll meet, and we're going to honor that. So you really came to a way of working both personalities and honoring both personalities instead of, you know, John pulling the Mary card and saying, well, Jesus said we're supposed to be with people or something like that. Um, you, really, you really honor each other in that, and you've grown in that. Yeah, and exactly. you struggled through it. It, yeah. it wasn't just an automatic arrival. Mm-hmm. You struggled through it, but you got there. Let me ask you, uh, what personality? I would say um, my determination. I, I, have a, I have a drive, and yeah, um, that really really um, sets the tone of my personality, tenacity. I think. So when you see that tenacity yeah, in your kids, yeah, yeah. there's a grin on your face. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see it. I see that huge in, in Jared and Jessica, and I, it does. It makes me smile. 
Um, and then also I see this, this uh, love of people, this heart. And the Adam, oh, it's up there. Cool, cool. What about the opposite? What, what, what piece of your personality, oh. it comes back in the mirror and you just go, oh. You know, that, that groan, that why did I give my kid that gift? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably my anxiety. Um, just, I see that. Mm. Wish they didn't struggle with that. Um, yeah, it, that's hard. So you love the tenacity, the anxiousness. Yeah. Father, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of crazy because that anxiety is, is part of what drives me. Isn't that weird? So isn't that weird? Yeah, but. so the, the, the anxiety actually um, prompts the tenacity. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, they work together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've loved talking to you about this because, again, I don't think you're, you're very simply off in a corner mm-hmm. of the quadrant, of one of the quadrants, which I think is where a lot of people are going to be here. You know, you're not mm-hmm. way off in an extreme, but you can, you can see uh, both sides of each of them. I mean, for you, probably not the blessing is probably been good. So um, do you have anything else to add or say before we head out? Oh, man. Um, no, I, I, um, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I think we went over it pretty good. good. Yeah, awesome. I, I do. Good, sorry. good. <laughs> See, and if I'd have said that to John, he'd have said sermon two, and he'd gone. So. Uh, <laughs> Woman, a few words. I'm going to get in big trouble after this service. Got my wife over there and my friend over there. And can you guys clear an aisle here? I got to run. Okay, I'm going to pray. Father God in heaven, I'm grateful for the way that you wired us, and I say that sincerely. Because God, I even look at me sometimes a whole lot less of this. And yet we realize that you you created a masterpiece when you designed us. You made us intentionally the way we did to fit beautifully in your kingdom, to fulfill a purpose that you had in mind before the world began. And you give us the opportunity to depend on each other. And I'm thankful that all the pieces of this come together on a Sunday morning or in an event, in a serve, whatever it is, all the pieces in the moment that we are grateful for every way that you've wired us. So as we walk out of here and walk into this December, I pray that you give us many opportunities to understand more clearly how we're organized, how we're energized, and how we can best use that wiring in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next Sunday. So the interview today is with Susan Beaker, who kind of dwells a little bit more in this area. And I think the, it's good to have a conversation with someone that's here as opposed to someone that's out on one of these the offering. So you can go ahead and put your card in there as well as the offering that you brought today. Um, I love having Susan up here again for the reason that of where she falls in the chart, but also for the fact that she's literally since the... Uh, since the turn of the century, been involved in ministry around here, and in, been involved in, a, in really a wide variety of ministry areas. Let me just name a few of them. She's been involved in uh, leading junior high, leading high school, 
Back uh, over at the old church, we had something called Adventureland, which is the replacement uh, was replaced by Southfield Big Kids. She was a small group leader with that. She was a teacher in that, the volunteer coordinator in that. In day camp, she's been a small group leader as well as a leader of small group leaders. She's been our church treasurer for several years, uh, first impressions coordinator right now. She often is found standing out at the welcome desk, bringing people in. She's an adult small group leader, so she's been involved in a lot of formal areas, let alone just all the areas that something needs to be done, and, and Sue, we need help, and she's more than willing to help. So I wanted to just start by asking you the two questions as you've had a chance to think about uh, question for me to answer. Um, because, you know, I look at, at, at tasks and people, and, and to be quite honest, if I've got too many tasks, that, that really drains me, and, and if I'm around people too much, it, it drains me as well. I, I tend to unplug in order to get energized. However, if I were to say um, one, one, I probably lean toward task in terms of that's less, less of a, a strain on me in terms. So I definitely am I'm on that task continuum, but, um, but I'm, I'm not so far over that I don't need the people. Well, let me ask you the second question. How are you organized? Okay, I'm I'm quite structured. Structured. Yeah. I, I highly would, structured. Highly structured. Do you I, ever have an unstructured season or time? I'm I don't, serious. I do. I've, I, you know, there's times that I'm, I'm, I'm never as structured as I want to be. Yeah. Um, I, but, um, and, and when when I it is unstructured, I tend to, to just um, reel a little bit, unfortunately. Part of, what I'm, part of what I'm guessing is because you're highly structured, um, tasks are controllable, people are not controllable. So the piece that's probably a little more energizing by a task is the ability to take control of it. To where I mean, if by now as a human you've not realized that people are not controllable, you're, you're living a very hard life, okay? I'm just, you can't control people. Sure, and, and, and with that, I, when I say I, I enjoy being around people, I do in, get energized by being around people. But typically, it is smaller groups. It's one-on-one. Mm. I love the one-on-one. -on -one. Love just a couple of us talking, two or three people. The more people, the, the, the scarier it is. This is very so, scary. Yeah, so, so that really, <laughs> but that really is more of an expression of when we go extrovert, introvert. Yeah. People often think extrovert means, you know, gregarious out there, and introvert means shy. And again, it really is about energy management. Yes. And, and for you, you would probably... You would probably tend more toward the introvert side. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm very introverted. Yeah, yeah. Which, which explains then introverts, it's not that introverts hate people. They, 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 they have that strong preference to party. The one-on-one -on -one conversation means and, and that sort right. of thing. Right. I definitely rather go deep. Um, Surface-level conversation I'm not very good at, to be quite frank. So when you compare, I mean, you have at least three areas here where... You were, you know, you were a small group leader in Adventureland. You were a small group leader in day camp, and sometimes you, um, you were, you're at the welcome desk. So, in other words, you're doing the task. There are other areas where you, you've coordinated the leaders, you've coordinated the small groups, or you're coordinating the people involved in first impressions. Which one do you think plays better to your personality, and what do you think's going on there? Uh, for me, it's coordinating, coordinating people and, and, and just 
ministries that are going on. I, I love that um, because I have both sides of it. I, I really have noticed um, through my serves, because I've done a, a number of different things, that that I need both. I need both the people side and, and the tasks in order to really feel like it fulfills me. It, it, it keeps me moving. So mm-hmm. um, when, I, when it's too much people, I just get drained very quickly. And, um, and, and ta- if it's all task, then like the treasurer role, it was very task. Um, I was doing something completely new that I had never done before. Love that aspect, but over time, it kind of eroded at me in terms of I, I didn't see people. Um, I didn't have that one-on-one conversation. I didn't have that, that time to go deep with people. And, and so that kind of wore on me after a while. So this is part of the reason I, I love in this conversation with you because you don't, you don't fall hard in either direction. I think that a, a true um, structured task person put way out here would love, love, love the church treasurer job and probably do it for 20 years mm-hmm. because, because it's task, because it's controllable, and it even gives them an excuse to not have to be with people. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody's got to write the checks. I'll see you later. So, um, so that, that helps to explain that. I do think that the, um, the, the preference toward coordinating as opposed to kind of more the direct involvement of a small group leader Small groups are composed of people, and people are uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how many of you have led a small group, but if you enter a small group and you've got a list of 15 questions you're going to talk about tonight, which is way too many questions, you need to nip that down to about three. But anyway, um, you've got your 15 questions, and someone starts the night with, on the way here I got in a car. One, God so loved the world that he gave his only blank. I mean, we all know if we've been part of groups... They get derailed consistently by real life needs. And the structured person, that just, they want to pull their hair out because we have an agenda. We got to get this done. So, um, so in coordinating people, that is a little bit more of a task. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more of a task. Yeah. And so it's it, good to see definitely that. Definitely that mm-hmm. mix. Cause, and, and a lot of times the conversations I have are, are with smaller groups or, or in terms of one or two or, you know. But then um, with small groups, it's, it's a larger group. And so I, I, I love that in the moment, but afterwards I'm done. I'm, I'm, my, my mind is buzzing. I can't come down off of it. There, there are many areas in which I know, I know you and John well. Um, there are many areas in which I would say your personalities complement each other because one or the other of you has what the other person doesn't have. Um, and I would say that it is quite likely that through the years your personalities have conflicted a bit just based on the way you're both wired. Nicely put. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to know how do you work with his personality? How, how do you, you know, I, small I group context in particular? Like you said, I, I do think we, we complement each other um, in, in the areas that we're good at and but I think, first of all and foremost, we're alike in, in very, two very important ways. We think a lot alike, and, and we, we, our views are very similar. So we kind of start off from a very good fundamental ba- um, basis. So in terms of a small group, I think we both pretty much know where it needs to go, know, know um, what needs to happen. Um, I'm more detailed-oriented. 
So I usually take some of those pieces, or, or and I also um, do a little bit more of the forward thinking in terms of what we should be doing, you know, down the road, that type of thing. Whereas um, I can give John just the pieces, a uh, few words, and he just runs with it. And mm -hmm. he's fantastic at mm -hmm. that communication, at the teaching aspect. And, and I love that he just, he's on the same wavelength as me. I can say a few words and he just runs with it. The personality conflict might reveal itself at the end of the night. Yeah. It's time for yeah. group to be done. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely much more of a per people person. He's the people all the way other, on the other side. Uh, less. So John will be the one to ask one more question and you're kind of going, shoot, the it's plane was almost landed and, and here done. you go taking it up again. Yeah. 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 And, um, and he's the one that's ready to go out afterwards, and, and you know, and I, but it comes to a point where I'm ready to be done. I can feel my gas tank going to empty, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I, I'm just ready to be done. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm on fumes, and he's ready to ramp up. <laughs> I, the, this whole people task thing is, is incredible. It's like a video game. You know how in video game, if you're doing certain things, you're gaining points and, and you're doing well. And, and for, for those of us that are more task-oriented, we're like that old boxing video game. I don't know if you remember it, where, you know, they'd be punching and punching. If you were getting punched a lot, there was a bar up at the top, and, that, and the bar would just keep going down, 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 and eventually the bar would start to flash, and then the character would start to flash, and then the character would die game over. That's, that's task people where literally every, every touch, every conversation is just the meter is going down. People, people can't, can't relate to that in the least. Because yeah. every interaction, just one more. More juice, more juice, more juice. Loving this thing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, after um, about 24 years of marriage, I think he's finally seeing that in my eye when it's, it's blinking. It's, it's <laughs> on, on, on yeah. empty. Yeah. And Let me ask you two questions about, about personality that relate to your family. What is a character trait of your personality that when you see it in your children, it makes you smile? Um, I would definitely see, um, say, uh, the tenacity. There's, there's a cough. It's, it's amazing, and, and that is just fantastic to look at, to see when I, I see that popping through. Um, and then uh, for Adam, it's, it's his heart, his, his love for people and, and desire to just... Um, be there for people, and, and mm. no, it's, it, that's really cool. So that brings that grin. You're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. I love that. Which, which, which of your personality traits have you handed on to a child or children that, you, that, that causes you to just wince, and oh, why? Why did I give them that gift? Yeah, um, that's got to be my anxiety. Mm. Um, and and not, that, not that that's a, a personality, but it's, it's definitely a, a tendency of my personality. And um, no, when I when I hear that, that's when I, I hear them struggling the same ways I do with um, anxious thoughts um, and, and not being able to just, you know, do your best and give the results to God uh, that that I wish I could. Well, you've made the observation both in personal conversation with me and in the first service that the anxiety and the tenacity actually feed off each other. Yeah, they go hand in hand, and I, my determination comes from my anxiety. Um, I don't tend to shrink back from my anxiety; it tends to drive me. Hmm. Wow! Concept of personality, yeah. and, and just wanted to, you know, it's so important to try different areas, and, mm. and because really it is through 
trying things that I've seen, like in the treasurer role. I, I would have thought I was really far on that task um, continuum. But instead, as I, as I went into it and as time wore on, I realized, no, I, I need a little bit more people. And just an understanding of where you are, but also how important it is to understand how you're, how you're energized. Because uh, for me, I, I pay close attention to that because just this whole concept of being filled by the Holy Spirit, being filled and energized so that you can be poured out again. Mm-hmm. And, and just that continual. And, mm-hmm. and really, that's where God wants us. Mm, that's beautiful. It, thanks, Sue. It sets up well. One, one final thought, and that is, as you're looking at this, you, you're, either, you're either, you're doing probably one of two things. You're either saying, I think I'm right here. I don't know what to do. And, or you're saying, wow, I'm definitively here, 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 here. Okay? So let's say you, you've determined you are definitively structured task. What are we saying in all of this? That as you're looking for ministry opportunities, serving opportunities, if you're looking at opportunities at work, this is, this is where life's going to hum for you. Okay? Somebody comes to you and says, I'd love for you to occasionally meet with high school boys. And you go, well, first of all, I'm structured. And secondly, I'm not people. No thanks, you got the wrong person. No, what I think, rather than identifying myself as I'm structured task and I only do structured tasks, we say, God, what might you be trying to grow in me through this opportunity? And I then know what my challenges are going to be. And I, and I know my challenges up front so I can be prepared for the challenges that are coming instead of I'm only going to live in my box and that's it. Does that make sense? Very good. You've shaken your head. It's time to go. Let me pray. Thank you, God, for today. Uh, I pray that as we get the chance to look at ourselves, not at the people around us, as we get the chance to look at ourselves, to look at our unique wiring, I pray that it would cause us to give you thanks. Because as King David said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is a wiring that you placed inside of us intentionally, by design, on purpose, for something you have for us to do. I pray that we would settle into saying, this is how God made me, who God made me, and I am grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. You enjoy your week. We'll see you.